Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Tiffany here from Swish, and I want to talk about being a problem solver. In my classroom, I'm always telling my equal firsties to be problem solvers. In first grade, that's one thing, but in adult life, it's a whole other. It can be really difficult to train your brain to go into a problem-solving mode. Maybe you don't even know where to start. It's a challenge that we all face in life. But when you learn to better help your brain find solutions, it's truly a great feeling. And if you've ever been thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. BetterHelp is convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's all online. And on top of that, they match you with a therapist just by filling out a brief survey. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com swish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash swish. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-Potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. The Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 161 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. And I'm Sarah. And we are joined today by a very special <laughs> guest host, Vanessa, from the Don't Call Me Crazy podcast. Welcome. Hello. Welcome. Hello. welcome. That's welcome the to voice. The podcast. Welcome, 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 welcome. So Vanessa's goal <laughs> is to destigmatize talking about mental illness, which is something that we all absolutely love because on our podcast, as you know, we oftentimes talk about the things that we go through or have gone through. So Vanessa, truly welcome. Um, I hope you're buckled up because <laughs> a wild ride. you never know what happens on Swish and Flick, as you know, but we're really excited to do this collaboration with you. I am too. I'm really, really excited. This has been uh, something I have been hoping to do for a long time. Mm. I'm obsessed with Harry Potter <laughs> and, you know, I I like mental, I like talking about mental health. Mm. So I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Okay. And we have some weekly profit news and this time I am going to start it out because yeah, it's that important, everyone. <laughs> oh, my God. So <laughs> if it was that important, I would be speaking. First. It's that important. So I hope <laughs> that your headphones are turned up. We've actually been sitting on this news and, for you know, month. for a while now. And we are so excited to share with all of you right now, right here. You heard it from us first. Swish and Flick is officially partnering with Spotify. Literally, I have goosebumps. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm so excited like, to finally what? talk about it. I have so I butterflies so right now. So basically, like, you're probably wondering, like, what does this mean? So it turns out that along with you guys... Spotify is also a Swisher. Who'd have thought? <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so we're going to be exclusive to Spotify starting October 18th. Um, so as of right now, you're going to still be able to find us where you find podcasts. But on October, October 18th is the date that you could only find us on Spotify. So basically, 
Bottom line is we love Spotify. I literally listen to Spotify every day. Every day. Um, Spotify turns out they love us too. (laughs) Um, So we get to work together really on helping our podcast grow. Um, And really what that means is with the podcast growing more, you guys get more. You get more of us. We get more stuff to give to you. I just, I'm just really excited about it. And really, like, that's what we love so much about Swish is being able to give our listeners all of the stuff that we think you deserve. Some more episodes, more mm-hmm. fun things. Um, we're even going to be adding, like, obviously, if you guys listen, watch our YouTube and stuff, Tiffany and I are cooking other people cooking it's gonna be other time. people <laughs> you know really Tiffany are the stars of the show oh my gosh um, <laughs> so you guys really all of you guys you're the reason like that we do this we love this podcast and love doing it and spotify really is gonna help us on the way to greatness as one would say Absolutely. which is probably not nice because Voldemort said that correct no Ollivander said that oh that's right You'll be all right. No, yeah. the sorting hat said that. You Ooh, guys amateurs oh. over here. <laughs> oh, I was thinking I was thinking where Ollivander was like, but great. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Anywho. But so we're really whatever. excited. Um, we'll learn that in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to be on Spotify uh, October 18th. Pretty crazy. So important things like what's changing. Don't be scared. It's all good stuff. Um, We're going to be transitioning over the next few weeks to just be exclusive to Spotify, like Sarah said. Um, That includes all of our back library. So if you're on a different platform, those won't be available to you on those platforms starting October 18th. We're there until then, um, but we recommend downloading the Spotify app as soon as you get the chance. Also to like make sure it goes okay, give us feedback, make sure everything runs smoothly. Um, Because we are on there right now, we're just not exclusive yet. Um, and besides, they have some pretty great stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you follow Swish on there, once we launch, you might get some special little perks that we're putting together. Hey so. I mean, we're in the company of Michelle Obama. She's, <laughs> <laughs> she's exclusive to Spotify. So true. So like, right? <laughs> that's a real awesome company to be in. True. <laughs> but we need to tell you what you're all thinking. Kate, Spotify is what? Free. F-R-E-E. It's free, and that's no matter what you have on Spotify. Like, Swish isn't going to cost you anything extra. Nothing's going to stop you from getting your Swish fix. We would definitely not want that to happen. So, yeah. Right. So whether you have a regular account or a premium account, it is still free Mm -hmm. either way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So now transitioning into things that aren't changing. So we're going to continue doing our thing. Like we still have creative control over what we do in terms of what the podcast is, what Patreon is, what YouTube is, what our social media is. Like none of those things are changing. Discord is still going to be Discord. Um, The Felix files are still going to be the Felix files. And, you know, on top of that, like everything with Patreon plus the new perks that we recently added, like none of that is changing. We love what we do in this podcast. And that's such a big part of it is that it's because of all of you. And if anything, this partnership is really just there to help us grow. Mm-hmm. So it's super easy to find us once you have the Spotify app. And it's just at S-P-O-T-I dot F-I forward slash Swish Flickcast. So literally like Spada dot Fi forward slash swish flick cast but also if you just search swish and flick podcast on the spotify app you guys can find us that way as well and make sure that you go and follow us because that's the same thing as subscribing on other platforms so if you click the follow button that will um essentially do the same thing that subscribing does anywhere else the episodes just download 
And when you follow, that's when you get like those little special things I mentioned Mm -hmm. that I didn't mention that you're going to find out when you click follow. Yeah. (laughs) And once again, like we want you to know we are so incredibly excited about this opportunity. Spotify loves Swish just as much as we do and just as much as our Swishers, our listeners do. So it's just an amazing opportunity and we love this partnership with Spotify. So listeners, today we will be discussing the first half of our topic. So we are covering Harry Potter and mental health. So kind of like in the Felix Files, before we dive into our topic, we're going to get to know our guests through their Potter profile. And we also want to ask you about your passion about talking about mental health. So um, my name is Vanessa. Um, My Hogwarts house is that I'm a Ravenclaw through and through. (laughs) (laughs) Underrepresented. Um, I love books. Uh, I'm creative. I'm quirky. I need even name my daughter after Luna. um, Just because I hope she lives her truest self too. Um, I feel like that should be the motto of the Ravenclaw house. Yeah. How old is your daughter? Weird. She is one year old as of two days ago. Yes. Oh, happy birthday. belated birthday. Yes, uh, we just had a little Moana party. Oh, my god! Oh, my God. I love it. Yes. Get, get ready for the crazy toddler years. Oh, Crying yeah. I have a three-year-old, too. Oh, so. oh, you already know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're potty training, believe me. I'm right in the thick of it. <laughs> Same Z's. So my wand is an Alderwood, um, which I had to look up because I didn't remember. Um, <laughs> Phoenix Feathercore, 14 and a half inches, slightly springy flexibility. And I took this off Wiki because, again, I'm a Ravenclaw, so I have to research everything. Um, Alder is not obstinate, is loyal, and is considerate and very likable, which I liked. Oh, you can stay. Uh, you seem nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Phoenix Feather is suitable for a witch or wizard who will make a mark on the world. Love it. I think that my wand would is Alder. Oh, Ooh. aren't you guys just super cool? I can't remember. I need to. I need to check now. <laughs> By the way, the website, the new website, the Wizarding World, is mm-hmm. very difficult to use. Uh, sorry to yeah. talk bad about it. Don't be sorry. Um, There's no I couldn't search find any. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, there was no search button. It, <laughs> yeah, I just it's supposed to Google worst. everything? I'm really unsure as to who the web designer was, but uh maybe they don't want us to look up anything. It's not my business. <laughs> well, <it's> maybe <laughs> because they about deleted it. many things all the time. <laughs> just saying. Um I I remember recreating it because I wanted a different Patronus and I got the same Patronus <laughs> over again, which is a salmon. Such a Megan uh, thing to do. Uh, <laughs> I love salmon. You didn't get 30 (laughs) salmons like Megan got 30 horses. (laughs) One kind of salmon, though. There's many different kinds of horses, right? Yeah, but you can get the same one over and over. Well, she got it twice. I I, I know. I'm just saying she only did it twice. twice. Megan did it like 30 times. (laughs) Actually, I think it was someone on the Swish and Flick, uh, like Swisher support group, um, that said that salmon are fierce mothers and notorious for fighting against the current, which I like. Oh, that's cute. So I've like reclaimed salmon as my Patronus. I'm okay with it now. There you go. I love that. Um, I need to do that with mine. (laughs) 
I, have, I don't know what what is redeeming about a vole. Someone tell me. Thank you. They got really cool claws. Thank you. They're they're cute. They're cute. I uh, think okay. voles are cool. <laughs> Salmon are um, cool. My wand wood is alder, so that's cool. Oh, just saying. I yeah, just checked cool. my passport. Twinsies. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, did anyone, was anyone able to find the Ilvermorny house sorting on the website? Because I, I couldn't gone. find it. I think they've it taken it all down. Yeah. Is oh, really? Mm-hmm. I think it's gone. Oh, well, I remember well, mine. But like, it's a part of the Fantastic Beast stuff coming out. Yeah, yeah but just like, also poof. maybe, well, like, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're backtracking from all of Fantastic Beasts. They're just, they're, they're like, filming, ah. though. <laughs> they're filming, though. They're filming in October. Yeah. They're, oh. they're, they're filming in October. Yeah, they were already oh. spotted doing stuff. Well, maybe they wanted to change something with Ilvermorny. Maybe Who they didn't knows? like the original. I don't know. Who but, knows? Um, I found the test again and um, on some random website. I don't know if it's a real website, <laughs> but I got Pukwudgie, uh, which is the healer. And I'm okay with that. I feel like that fits. So I'm happy with that. Um, I know that the Horned Serpent was a close second. And I think that's the one that's associated with Ravenclaw. But I've always been like a Raven Puff. Mm. So I'm okay with being a Puck serpent <laughs> a horned what widgey a horned widgey oh my god i like that, that one, one. <laughs> um and then my potter story um how i got into potter is i've been reading it um basically since like the late 90s like 1999 1998 when i was when i was between middle school and high school i found the first three books at the library i read through them i've been obsessed ever since um i believe and i was looking up dates and the fourth book came out in 2000 and the first movie came out in 2001 so i do remember feeling very in the know for having read the first <laughs> couple books before the movie came out which is also a very ravenclaw uh, yeah. way to feel, I feel yeah like. i was like that because I, I read all of them before the first movie came out too and I was like I know all these things and then it's like you see the first movie and you're like oh my gosh but also like there are some things that that's different yeah <laughs> well let me explain this to you yeah. and let me explain this to you it's literally me with Marty every time and I'm like this didn't happen this didn't happen and he goes excuse me I just watched it so yes it happened and I was like you can leave <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I, um, like Megan and Katie, I read a lot of fan fiction, especially back in high school. I feel like the heyday of fan fiction was after the fourth book came out. Everyone was waiting for the fifth book, Mm. which took years. It was like four years. And the first movie had come out and the internet was a thing. Finally, I know young swishers. don't know that yeah. that life anymore but it was the internet wasn't really a thing before then yeah simpler times man yeah yeah really. so i've always been i've just i've loved harry potter forever um but i kind of got back into harry potter because of swish and flick so thank you girls um yeah <laughs> I think during my first uh, pregnancy with my older son, Lincoln, I listened to every episode that was out at the time um, of your podcast. Um, And it was actually my first introduction to podcasting at all. I didn't know what a podcast was before that. I know that 
that that makes me feel really old. Good but first I didn't pick. Know what it was? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was a good first pick. She says Pat so yourselves humbly. on the back. <laughs> <laughs> says the Hufflepuff. But yeah, for all for all you fans out there, I'm pretty sure I made them think I was crazy because when we were planning this episode, um, I told them it was nice to talk to them and have them talk back. <laughs> and I also asked them if it was weird that I know so much about them and they don't know anything about me. Uh, well, now you <laughs> can't say that also- anymore. We know about you now. Yeah, I mean, you've got you've got a couple pages here written out. <laughs> study it, guys. Study. But uh, my my issues with postpartum are actually what kind of brought me to Swish and Flick, brought me back to Harry Potter, and also kind of brought about this idea of my podcast about mental illness. Um, because even though I work in the field of psychiatry, I had never really experienced mental illness before that. Um, but when I was pregnant with my three-year-old son, Lincoln, and then with my, my Luna a year ago, I dealt with severe postpartum, um, which was debilitating. I had postpartum anxiety, um, postpartum depression. I couldn't sleep. I had constant panic attacks. Um, I basically just felt incapable of, I don't know, managing life. Um, but Swish and Flick helped me, and the conversations I had with people about mental health helped me so much. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to start a podcast kind of about mental health. Love it. It's awesome. That's awesome. That's super awesome. <laughs> you know, I kind of want to also point you yeah. in the direction, not to like set things up, but to also set things up. Um, someone I went to high school with, and I've promoted her on the podcast and on my Instagram page before is her name is Chelsea and she holds a group called postpartum together. And she often Uh does podcasts about postpartum. And so I think if you two hooked up, that would make for some really great episodes. That would be really awesome. Um, especially because like I, on my, on my show, it's kind of, it's just me, but mm-hmm. I have guests on because I don't really like talking to myself for an hour at a time. So I, I usually that. have my guests on. Um, but I've been wanting to talk about postpartum specifically, mm-hmm. especially because it's kind of what brought about the whole idea of my podcast mm-hmm. and what, you know, the kind of mental illness struggles that I've dealt with. And so it would be, it'd be great to talk to another expert. Well, I will help you set that up. Thank you. You're so welcome. Awesome source. Um, so uh, just to kind of give you an introduction of my podcast, uh, the official intro is Don't Call Me Crazy, uh, a podcast to normalize discussions around mental illness as it intersects with race, gender, sexuality, economics, history, and more. Um, it's kind of a variety show. I talk to the people in my life about mental illness. Um, and... Because I work in the field of psychiatry as well, I hope that I offer something with my experience. Um, I also have these history episodes because, surprise, I'm a Ravenclaw. (laughs) And I love, you know, I love history. I actually was an archaeologist before I was a nurse. So my my interests are are varied and wide. um, And I hope to showcase that more on my podcast. So I hope you take a listen because the girls will be on my show next. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
We will Vanessa, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm not speaking for myself, but you seem pretty rad, so I'm excited yeah. to do this. Yeah. <laughs> you do seem pretty Thank rad. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're making me blush. <laughs> <laughs> I said rad, not red. That was really bad. I'm so sorry. That was the worst <laughs> The dad jokes. Oh my gosh. They're oh, good job. Oh, okay. They're flying. <laughs> <laughs> That's embarrassment over here now. Now I'm turning it. Oh my gosh. Okay. We have any more? We're ready to go. Uh, I think I think I've hit all my points. Right? Uh, Hogwarts House, Ilvermorny House, Juan Patronus. How I got into Potter and how I came to talk about mental health. Okay. Done and done. Right? Awesome. <laughs> okay. So. I believe it's going to be myself, Megan, and Katie leading discussion points on this episode. That doesn't mean everybody else will remain silent. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know the meaning of that word. Correct. You do not. But then um, on the second half, Sarah and Vanessa will be leading points. That's because the cool kids go last. Yeah. No, the cool kids club is on the second episode. Ravenclaw. Get ready for... The, the nerds. Facts. I'm pretty sure that's what I said. It's the, isn't it the red house, the green house, the the foodie house because they like food, and then mm-hmm. the cool house, which is the Ravenclaws. <laughs> sure. Facts. Sure. I guess we're just too mainstream, Tiffany. We're just colors. <laughs> Those okay. guys make up Christmas. Everybody yeah, wants we are to Christmas. be us. That's the coolest. Yeah. Um, I think it depends on who you ask. This is Christmas. This is Christmas. <laughs> you're welcome okay so the first talking point that we have is kind of within the harry potter universe so we've said it a million times as far as mental health goes harry potter universe is like stuck in the dark ages right there's nothing Well, and it's it's except for chocolate. Fitting. Excuse well, me. <laughs> it's fitting that we're talking about this now because, like, the last couple of episodes, I feel like we've dealt a lot. Specifically, obviously, the I almost called the movies the sh- the um, uh, books. I was going to call it a show. <laughs> the show. It's all about Harry Potter. But like right now, it's a big chunk. Like, and especially this book in general, because we're on um, Order of the Phoenix is with mental health and Harry's mental health and the things he's gone through. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's fitting. He has I feel like. problems in this book. He does. He's, he, has, really? he has problems in every is single book. Is he in this book? I think, <laughs> I think losing your parents, both of them in a horribly horrific way. And then growing up with the Dursleys is going to make you need some therapy, which is not a bad thing. I need therapy. Everybody should get therapy. Talk to someone. It's good to have yeah. conversations. Cool. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> So the only real like medical professionals we hear about, well, we hear about Madame Pomfrey. She's one. But then the healers at St. Mungo's. So basically a healer is just somebody who's a qualified witch or wizard who helps the sick and injured with some magic, you know, maybe trial and error of some uh, muggle stitches. You don't know. You don't know what you're getting into there. But truthfully, that's like all we really hear about yeah yeah but we also had to think too like this is from harry's perspective and one i think this was written in a time where like mental health wasn't talked about a lot and a lot of times like 
it's a, it's like a um, stigma for men to talk about their feelings and talk about things like this. You know what I mean? Where like for it sure. shouldn't it shouldn't matter like what you look like, what you identify <clears throat> as, whatever. Mm-hmm. It should all be talked about. People are allowed to have feelings because you're human. Unless there's aliens, which you know, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or wizards. Are, are witches and wizards human? I don't I, know. Well, and I they so. they have feelings too. That everybody has feelings. Talk about them. But, but something I wanted to say too is like, yeah, it's from Harry's perspective. But if there was any sort of mental health within the wizarding world, I am sure they would be asking of all kids in the world. They would be asking this kid, yeah, yeah. Harry, mm-hmm. if he was okay, if he needed some extra help. Because right. I mean, he's got he's got especially in the fifth gut. Go- book has mm-hmm. like all the classic signs of like trauma yeah trauma trauma, trauma with a capital t yeah. yeah so yeah i mean it's just it's a world without yeah yeah i agree and even though it is a magical world where like crazy things can happen like turning a stone in your hand and there's some people coming back <laughs> you oh know? i was like what are you talking <laughs> yeah. about uh, <laughs> there's still like stigma against people who are quote mad or crazy mm-hmm. And they even, like, for example, Luna, Looney Lovegood. She's, you know, she's weird. She thinks different things. She believes in things that you necessarily can't see. They, Thestrals are real. So it's like, you know, you never know. Well, people can see them. I know, but, like, not everybody can. So she gets these, like, maybe she's the only one that can see the Nargles. You never know. Yeah, I mean, there could be, (laughs) (laughs) if, I mean, if, if there's a wizarding world that muggles can't see, maybe there's a Nargle world that only Luna can see. Yeah. You never know. And I mean, her family is the one who has believed for, for forever that, you know, I mean, spoilers, but you know, the Deathly Hallows exist. Mm -hmm. Um, that was considered something that was just like a, you know, a fairy tale Mm -hmm. within the Harry Potter world. Hermione was so ready to completely brush off that story. She even fought Harry pretty much like against. Well, and that's, that's one of like a downfall for Hermione. You know what I mean? Like she's very much like, if I can't see it and I can't prove it, then it's not real. It's not true. And I'm just going to write you off where like, she needs to be a little bit more open, more open-minded. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, so Thankfully, to go along, she learns. A oh, yes. Uh, well, and Harry even like has a moment where he thinks he doesn't really want to like rub it in her face that he was right about the hallows, but he like, <laughs> yeah. he, he still like looks at her like, yeah, you should have listened. <laughs> but those were, I told you so. Eyes. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> so Luna's father, Xenophilius Lovegood goes along with that because people, when he comes to the wedding, um, Bill and Flora's wedding dressed in yellow sun colors, they say, you know, people were like talking about how, he was like a little crazy and then crumb goes up to him in the deathly hollow symbol like we were talking about so you know people think that they're eccentric and crazy well and like did didn't they have issues like that they wore such bright colors is that or is that not true well they just thought it was weird that they wore those bright colors but it's luna was like you wear sun colors it's a happy occasion yeah yeah no i get it I'd be mad if someone showed up to white at my wedding, but like other than that, I'm gonna wear the whitest dress I can. I mean, honestly, I don't think I'd be that mad. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, like, 
should you should wear something that's color. Like I don't think I don't know. That's just it's a celebration. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did. I totally as an aside. I saw this one like in a wedding magazine thing where um, the bride and all of the bridesmaids wore all of their former wedding gowns. Oh my god! Because you know you might as yeah. well reuse, right? Yeah. Reuse, reuse, re- recycle. So oh my <laughs> wait, goodness. reuse, reduce. Reduce. Yeah. Recycle. Okay. <laughs> we know you <laughs> The only reason why I remember that is because of Rocco's Modern Life. <clears throat> it's Rocco's Modern Life. So, Professor Trelawney, um, our lovely divination professor, you know, people think that she's absolutely bonkers. I mean, and really, you know, I don't know what Mr. Lovegood is, not like housewise, but like both Trelawney and Luna are Ravenclaws. I think, um, I, I think Xenophilius is Ravenclaw. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, I think the thing with Ravenclaws is like a lot of time, like I'll be a thousand percent honest. I know I'm real weird. Like, I know. <laughs> yeah, we I'm know. real weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I raised my hand not to speak, but to say I too am weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think that's one thing like... I'm not always the greatest of like um, being like completely like who I like Luna like does not give a fig. You know what I mean? Like she's <laughs> an Arabella. Luna, she's going to wear will. whatever she wants. And I do do that. But a lot of times like what I want to wear is like I where like people will be wearing loungewear. I have like jeans on and a nice shirt just because that's what I'm comfortable in. But like weirdness aside, I think a lot of Ravenclaws are like think outside the box and are just a little weird, which is cool. I agree. Which is why we're the cool house. That, okay. We didn't forget. <laughs> Bringing it back. Okay. <laughs> um, Harry hearing voices during Chamber of Secrets is also something that was like real crazy for people. And also mm-hmm. when he spoke parcel tongue to the snake, people were, they flipped out about that because obviously, you know, he's a dark wizard and whatnot. Blah, blah, blah. He is. His hair is dark. He's part dark wizard. <laughs> Do you want to go first, Megan? Yeah. Anybody. <laughs> really quick. Go. I was I was just gonna say that like Harry hearing voices and like the reaction that Ron gives him and even Hermione yep. gives him is just um it's it just like makes it even more clear the fact that like there is no help in the wizarding world. Like the fact that Ron was just like even here that's not normal and like not even like maybe we should go talk to somebody (laughs) it was just like that's not normal don't talk about it like that's how people do that's like how people like i remember in high school and talking to my friends being like i couldn't remember if i was like hey i don't know if i was like having an anxiety attack or something and i was like telling my mom about it and i said something i had said told her that i had said to them like i was like sad or i was something something along those lines and she's like but why would you tell them that like i wouldn't tell them that blah 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 blah. and i'm like i'm just a super open person so i was like well i i, I don't know i'm like wouldn't you tell your friend she's like no she's like we don't talk about that not she didn't say it like yeah. that but basically like there's things you don't tell people you know what i mean yeah which now I'm like, I'll tell you anything you want to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it isn't, isn't there that country song, like, Hide Your Crazy? Something like that. Oh, yeah, Miranda Lambert. But I feel like that's kind of like the the going trend, especially mm-hmm. in the wizarding world, which does feel very stuck in the dark ages. Yeah. And, like, even kind of reeling it back a little bit to divin- uh, Professor Trelawney and divination, even though divination is technically, like, a like a real 
subject that people study Mm -hmm. at Hogwarts. It's considered very out there, very like you're crazy, like most inconsistent branch of magic. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's not like scientific. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's so interesting because it's the wizarding world. So like you think that they would be like way more open-minded to like, this is divination. We're doing magic. You're literally making things appear out of nowhere, you know, stuff like that. But they're like, Oh, you can't do this and you can't do that. Like sometimes they're more closed-minded than muggles. Hmm. And muggles. Indeed. They don't know nothing, do they? Nope. Um, and then moving on, it's in the name, Mad Eye Moody. (laughs) This poor fellow. Poor guy. This, yeah, um, definite classic signs of PTSD. This, this is um, kind of like a war vet, if you will. He's been through some things, been through some stuff. I wonder too. Like, I would assume if edge. you've seen him, there are parts of him missing from action. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he's been through the ringer. So like they've done studies on football players that keep getting concussions. Like you yeah. keep getting hurt your whole like your brain changes yeah um so like i wonder too if like yes obviously he's been through some traumatic things and like you said with like soldiers and other things like that like there those are traumatic events but Mm -hmm. you also he might be literally altering his physical brain that's going to alter his mental status you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah well too i mean even even before he got locked in a, uh, you know, a trunk yeah. for an entire year, he was known for co- for saying constant vigilance, yeah. you know, for having this kind of like obsessive, um, paranoid mm-hmm. personality. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing about paranoia is it's a defense mechanism for when you are constantly under attack. Yeah. You do have to have constant vigilance. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what comes out of that kind of constantly being at war um, is this PTSD mm-hmm. type, mm-hmm. you know, uh, effect. And then also on, on your point, Sarah, um, TBIs, so traumatic brain injuries, mm-hmm. they they do. They they like alter your brain chemistry and your your ability to process thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you you often are more aggressive. You see the world in black and white more often. There's there's good and there's bad. Mm-hmm. And that's so much of Mad Eye Moody in the later books mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. he's truly Mad Eye Moody. And what do you guys call him? Judy? Judy when yeah. he's not Judy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> when is Junior so, being Moody? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. When when it's actually Mad Eye being Mad Eye in the last couple of books, yeah. something that kind of bothered me about his character is that it always seemed like he thought, you know, the good guys were only good. Mm -hmm. And the bad guys were only bad. And he kind of, he didn't, he had a lot of trouble with gray characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Harry sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Because what, like the chapter we just read, he like made a comment Mm -hmm. about Harry, like kind of being like, well, can we like Dumbledore saying this? And like, he did witness this attack. He was probably ready to like really distance himself from Harry because of all those things. Like, or like if Harry's not, corrupted and no pun intended, yeah. maybe uh-huh. keep a closer eye on him. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like Moody was preyed upon definitely by, um, Barty Crouch jr. I mean, mm-hmm. that was really 
that was an easy target, I think, especially to like make up the story about the dustbins after and whatnot. People just, oh, you know, it's just Mad Eye being Mad Eye. You know, he has yeah. that reputation well, for think, that because he yeah. never had any kind of help to deal. Yeah. Um, muggles are depicted as being dim witted. They don't see nothing, do they? I feel like this is like a common trope in things like this and stories where like there's magic or there's something mm-hmm. and then they're the regular quote people they're like oh wow lesser we have all of these things we can do but like I don't know muggles have a pen that just writes you don't have to dip it in ink <laughs> so <laughs> not wrong Salsa not wrong <laughs> but moving on and this is um. I feel like I wonder if people often forget this scene from the books when they go into the Department of Mysteries and there's the brain room. Um, so we can probably assume that there's some kind of study on the brain or the brain is used in some kind of way because we know that when Ron touches them they kind of latch onto him and wrap themselves around him. So, yeah. So the brain room, which is really, we don't really know what it's called, is on the ninth level of the Department of Mysteries. And the concept of thought and all related subjects, like, are studied in this chamber. So probably something to do with... I don't know where they get the brains from. <laughs> the people in the lake. <laughs> I mean, it, it would think, about, <clears throat> oh, I think about like they um, people donate their bodies to science. Maybe there's um, witches I and wizards that donate. I bet you they took them. You think? Because yeah, because back in the day when they were doing like um, like studies on anatomy, they were grave robbing and just stealing bodies. So that's to me, oh. that's what the wizarding world would do. So they don't want people to know because I don't I don't know if they'd want people to know like the study like who how many people knew that they had this brain room you know what I mean? Well, it is in the Department of Mysteries, so you can only be an unspeakable or you know teenagers. I mean, and maybe they're taking brains from people that are dying in Azkaban. Oh, that's a really good point. That would also not surprise me. People whose souls they take, why not just take their brain as well? (gasps) That's deep and sweaty. That's deep and dark. But I mean, you and twisted I, I soul. Hate, I hate to be on Like, this happens. Like, they literally, like, back when they were truly mm-hmm. studying anatomy, they were stealing bodies. I'm sure stuff happened. You got like people from people, Alcatraz they, and all that. They kind of do. Um, and I know in the past in prisons, they would, um, like, mm. do experiments and stuff on. Yes, I do know that. Of I believe Germany. it's illegal now in the United States. Well, I it be, should be. Goodness correct. Gracious. You should have consent from the person you're doing this to. Vanessa, do you have something well, to add? Yeah, so I was just going to say also to that point, like a lot of the, so I had mentioned earlier that I formerly studied archaeology. Go um, girl, that's my dream. Besides podcasting. I specific, it was my dream too, <laughs> until I couldn't, I couldn't earn money. But I'll retire. I'll retire as an archaeologist is my plan. I'll go with you. But uh, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> we'll dig together. <laughs> but uh a lot of the skeletons that we were using, um, so you cannot actually like trade, like make money or trade or, or buy skeletons anymore. So a lot of the skeletons you're getting from like pre, I think 
I don't know, 1995-ish is, is when they stopped or they made laws against it. But a lot of the skeletons are from China mm. and are from, like, uh, I think the prison camps mm. there. Oh, gosh. So, Sorry. Sorry. I remember there was like a lawsuit. I I don't know if it was like the exact bodies exhibit or one that was basically the exact same thing. Um, And the way that they got those bodies basically is the same. That is. Allegedly, I should say. I don't. Well. (laughs) We went down a. Let's take a turn. Chalk (laughs) it up to the two raven claws to make this super uh, weird. I mean, this is stuff that just. uh, No, morbid, but this is stuff that really truly fascinates me. It's fine. Because even like. um, My mom had gone. Um, with my aunt, she at the time had cancer to talk about like what was going to happen, like after she inevitably passed away. Um, and we know a lot of people in the funeral business. And so my mom just happened to ask, she was like, so like, what happens? Like, what if they like want to change stuff? Like after he's like, no, you can change whatever you want after they're gone. Like it doesn't, she's like, so like, what, what's the point of like, not, not what's the point, but she was just like kind of shocked that like, she's like, so they can make all of these plans and then like their next of kin can change everything. He's like, yeah, that's bananas. (laughs) It does not seem okay. Yeah. I don't know how true that is with all places, but yeah. Um, so back to the brain room. <laughs> so <laughs> back on time, let's talk about lives. Live people. The the brain room chamber is long and rectangular. It's lit by lamps, um, low on gold chains hanging from the ceilings. It's quite empty except for a few desks that surround an enormous glass tank. It is containing a deep green liquid. Ooh, evil green bing. We're awake. <laughs> We're awake. And so there's pearly white brains drifting around inside it. So what I'm thinking is, is that when these unspeakables are at work, they're just like sitting around at their desks, looking at these brains and probably like doing whatever their study is. I wonder if they them. can pull things out of the brain. Well, I, like I don't know. When, like a pensive? But, yeah. When removed from the the potion in the tank, the brains would fling out tendrils of thoughts, which could seriously injure someone because they're wrapping you up. Thoughts sting. Yeah. I don't know if that's saying. It's almost like they're weaponizing them. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how that's going to be. Words hurt. That's terrifying. This makes me think of that new Hunger Games book. What is that saying? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. But they can. Yep, they can. (laughs) Uh, Taylor Swift would say uh, snakes and stones never broke her bones. Mm. Mm -hmm. Little snakey snakes. Um, Mm -hmm. And then we do know that um, the, quote, crazy people are often locked away. See Lockhart. Yeah, Lockhart and Neville's parents. Mm -hmm. And... If you think about it, I don't know, kind of like Barty Crouch Jr. Locked up by his dad, essentially. Yeah, they just like well, yeah, okay, but away. He, with with that, it's different. He was a fugitive. <laughs> yeah. So he was really kind of mostly hiding because he should have been in Azkaban where he belonged because he helped torture and like essentially ruin the lives of Longbottoms. Well, for sure. Um, but that I would I would assume that's why he was mostly locked up was because. He should have been an Azkaban. Well, let's go ahead and talk about that. So Neville's parents, um, 
And then Vanessa went ahead and did a couple of things for me. So comparing Neville's parents to dementia or um, psychotic break. So just a couple things on dementia. It's awful. And there are some stages that people go through. You can listen to me talk about my own personal yeah. journey with it in the next episode. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm kind of going through a similar situation as Sasa with my own grandmother. Oh. So that's terrible. But, yeah, it's, you know, we're doing what we can do. So a lot of times people with dementia, they go through some aggression and anger. Maybe they go through some anxiety, agitation. They could go through depression. They could have hallucinations. There, of course, is what people mostly associate it with is memory loss and confusion. Um, There's a lot of, like, repetition that they need. They need Mm -hmm. more information. They need that security and comfort over and over and over again. Sometimes they have sleep issues. Sometimes they feel suspicious of people and they have delusions. And then... um, one of the things that we see in Harry Potter is that sometimes they will wander. So they do that. And no, I'm that. what wander. Yeah. I know. Just in the wizarding world. No, I'm saying we see that in the wizarding yeah. world. Let me continue. No. With Lockhart. When we meet him in Christmas on the, the closed ward, the healer says that, you know, he, must have wandered out of where he was supposed to be. And that's why they met up with him essentially. So yeah, Neville's parents. I mean, we dove pretty deep into that. Um, I think that's a future episode from it's this episode. Next <laughs> so you'll hear it next week. So we recorded it in the past, but you're going <laughs> to hear it in the future. It's getting real weird here. But yeah, so do you want to talk a little more about that, Vanessa? Yeah, I um something that I wanted to mention that we'll probably talk in more detail a little later too is um Neville's parents are kind of they're they follow some of the symptoms of dementia, but also a lot of symptoms of like a psychotic break, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They had this traumatic event that happened to them, the uh, torture over and over and over again, that basically, it, I don't know if magic can cause a traumatic brain injury, um, but that's almost like what happened to them because it's, I mean, we've, they, they don't, we, we haven't seen them violent, but they don't know what's going on you know, they're basically at the mentality of like a two or three year old. Mm -hmm. Um, It's clear from what you're reading in the books that are in the chapter, I think you guys are going to talk about soon um, that they can interact with the world, but it's, it's like they have no long-term memory Mm -hmm. um, and no memory of history of the past, um, which can often happen with a traumatic event, like what they went through. Um, And so it's with, Neville's parents, it's a little, it's hard to pin down as like a specific, um, 
it's a made up magical malady, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. kind of like a mix of dementia and a psychotic break. Yeah. Um, it's very sad all around. Yeah. So I was reading about, um, so is a psychotic break also called psychosis? Um, yes. Okay. Yes. So it just, what I'm looking up here, something namey.org national Alliance of mental on mental illness. Dot org. It says just as psychosis is characterized as disruptions to a person's thoughts and perceptions that make it difficult for them to recognize what is real and what isn't. So we don't really know if they experienced that per se. I mean, all we really see, we don't really see his dad. Mm-mm. We really just see his mom kind of like, kind of just like walking slow in her little robe and handing him the gum wrappers so it's almost like i don't know i would i would think though that like if you were put under the cruciatus curse for that long that it would make you have a psychotic break i wonder if yeah and i wonder too like and and i don't know if this is factual or if it's just my headcanon that like it attacks the nerves so you have literal in my mind you have literal nerve damage from being under the cruciatus curse that long you know what i mean i would think that there's literal damage so okay well for sure literal damage but i'm saying like i i think specifically it attacks the nerves to the point where like you're gonna have a psychotic break you're gonna have a change you know it's not what i wanted to all that stuff so i was thinking about like I just remembered this term from way back when in biology, the synapse, right? Mm -hmm. So the junction between nerves, right? So do you think that if something physical happened, maybe those were destroyed? Yeah, I mean, I've read a lot of fan fictions where that happens. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, Where they, you know, they kind of get into like the nitty gritty like science of it. um, That the cruciatus actually... Because the thing is, is right. It's it's causing physical pain, yeah. but there's nothing visual. Right. So the idea is that it would work on on you on a biological level, mm-hmm. which would then be your your nerve endings, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you activate nerves enough, and they can become overstimulated and basically fry. That's um, kind of what I was thinking would be like the physical part of it, where they just there's so much of it destroyed they're left with only so much like she knows how to walk right yeah. uh-huh. um perhaps knows how to chew gum like those are all things that i wonder if she had to relearn those like how far did it go with the physical things that she could remember how to do does frank not get out of bed because he couldn't maybe relearn those things you know what i'm saying well, and I, I probably should have looked this up beforehand, and this might relate to Megan's section on characters, but specifically, um, I and I've seen this in my practice in mental health, but disassociative mm. disorders um, is actually I didn't I didn't mean psychotic break. Uh, I meant more a dissociative disorder. Okay. So that's actually, and I'm reading this out of the DSM, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual on Mental Disorders. Um, it's that's characterized really cool. by 
<laughs> right? <laughs> By a disruption and or discontinuity in the normal integration of consciousness, memory, identity, emotion, perception, body represent- representation, motor control, and behavior. So you're actually disassociating from the real world, mm-hmm. which seems to fit Neville's parents the best. And it can happen with, a, you know, a very traumatic event. Yeah. Um, I've seen it personally happen with people who have taken who might have like uh already a propensity for schizophrenia but then they take street drugs right Mm -hmm. and and that causes them to have disassociation where they lose the ability and street drugs often overload your your body systems and it causes you to kind of disconnect from the world around you Mm -hmm. that sounds pretty close Sounds pretty close. I never thought about it that deep, and it just made me even like more sad and angry for Neville. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. It's truly awful. And to just like have to know that that is where your parents are stuck, and like there's mm-hmm. nothing you can do to help them. There's nothing that you can, like, you just have to come to terms with it. Right. Like, mm-hmm. even if the Wizarding World were further along with mental health did more than put band-aids on issues yeah i don't think they could i really don't know if they could fix this at all Mm -mm. but they haven't tried that it doesn't seem like it at least yeah Yeah. i guess we don't know that for sure but i just like i guess i don't have faith in their Mm. ability with mental health to believe that they did try everything they could maybe that's what they're doing in the brain room oh my god maybe that is (laughs) maybe I just have always assumed like it. They like with the dementia. There's only so much you can do. You know what I mean? Because it's pretty degenerative. I can't say words. Um, with that aspect, yes, with that aspect of it, you know, because um, that's rough. It's just rough. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, moving on to somebody else who we saw in Saint Mungo's would be Gildory Lockhart, and that um, he's related to having amnesia. And I think that was something that was pretty spelled out for us. That's not something that we necessarily have to like guess as far as what happened with him. Mm. So amnesia refers to the loss of memories, such as facts, information and experiences. Um, though also forgetting your identity is something that is also sometimes common, but not in the movies, but not necessarily like real life. Um, I wish that we could have seen a little bit more into his like, I guess recovery, but like, I, I would want to know, like, can he make new memories? You know what I mean? Does he have that ability? Cause it doesn't seem like he does. The only you know thing I, mean? I could say to say that maybe he could is his relationship with the healer. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like who, the, whoever he was talking to, I forget what, if we ever learned her name. Um, but like, obviously she knows him cause she works there and he's been there for so mm-hmm. long, but like, he doesn't seem to like, I would think that he would be like, oh, so-and-so, you know what I mean? So we don't get to see too much of that. Like, it just is him, and maybe this is just the way she thought to write him, was like, I want to sign autographs, they want autographs. Like, in the back of his head, he has that instinct of, like, that's something I do. That's something I would do. Like, I have a, you know what I mean? Yeah. And not, like, because we don't get to see, like, a conversation with him, with someone he knows since then. Yeah, who knows if he has any family or it seems as if, I mean, she said nobody really comes to visit him. So I think everybody kind of 
parted their ways with Gilderoy Lockhart. But symptoms of amnesia, difficulty learning new information following the onset of amnesia. That is anterograde, anterograde amnesia. And then difficulty remembering past events and previously familiar information, retrograde amnesia. So they have people, nope, people with amnesia have um, problems with their short-term memory. They can't retain new information. Recent memories are most likely to be lost, while more remote or deeply ingrained memories may be spared. So makes sense if he remembers that writing autographs is something that he does like they want pictures they want autograph they won't take no for an answer right he was pushy like that when he was you know um not with amnesia so there you go that's well and it's it's, and this is going down a little bit of a rabbit hole but it's interesting um, what J.K. Rowling left of his quote-unquote personality, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't remember things, but his core, like, oh, I, you know, I'm I'm narcissistic, mm-hmm. I like to sign autographs, etc., is there. Mm-hmm. Well, oftentimes, it, with a traumatic brain injury, you, your, per, your core personality is actually changed. Mm-hmm. But um, maybe the, you know, what is the spell called again? Obliviate the one that, uh, yeah, maybe obliviate doesn't affect your brain in that way. You know, Mm -hmm. it affects memories, but it, maybe it doesn't affect your brain like a, you know, a knock to the head. Well, would cause amnesia in real life. Yeah. Well, I often wonder as we were talking about it, um, on our recording for the, for the episode where we meet him again, um, we know that he wanted to use obliviate to essentially wipe their memory. But we also don't really know what exactly happened to him or how that spell took because of the brokenness of Ron's wand. So, you know, whatever he was intending to do, I don't know if it was necessarily just a backfire or if it malfunctioned in some other way. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it obviously did what it meant to do. And then maybe a little bit more, you know, who knows? Yeah. Maybe it was yeah. like the ones, like it knew it was going out. It was broken. It was like, man, Ron, like this is our time. It's time to part. Did one <laughs> last thing to protect them. Well, and maybe. like, maybe it's one of those things where like, not all the time, but sometimes your own wand can't be used against you. Like basically True. how Harry won. Yeah. So that there's also that factor. Yeah, I mean, there's like, cause this, this whole thing, like, I feel like magic is a little bit, um, it's so great. I wouldn't say unknown. What is the word I'm looking for? Fickle, mm, mm. unstable, unpredictable, yeah, unstable. <laughs> so, and especially a, a, a spell like obliviate, mm-hmm. cause I feel like you could just like obliviate someone's whole life or you can obliviate the last hour, just like you could probably do on your computer history. <laughs> Oh, oh my God. lord <laughs> get out um, but like i wonder you know you had to have your intent behind it a good working wand and a wand that's your own but instead he's lockhart um he's using a broken wand against its owner so i you know there's a lot of a lot of into the unknown and then you know mm. he literally doesn't know he's into the unknown himself. he is the unknown yeah mm. 
So St. Mungo's, oftentimes it seems, has some patience and, uh, you know, they recover on their own, kind of. Change bandages from time now and again. Maybe try some experimental stitches. Uh, let's don't see, like, besides devil snare plants are just running amok. <laughs> muck, muck, muck. Gildoy Lockhart's are just running amok. They're just running right? super amok. But I don't know. I mean, the way that the. It just seems like, oh, you've got this injury. Go over here. They'll fix you. Like, you fix it and you're gone, or you're just like staying there for a little while yeah. i don't know how much uh, we also don't get to see i feel like we don't yeah. get to see a ton of we got to see arthur after he was stable yeah yeah i mean and i i i wonder how much of like an actual real life hospital it is you know what i mean because like, obviously charting. i've worked in i've worked in a hospital for 12 years no i haven't <laughs> 11 years <laughs> Why is that funny? Because I said twelve, and I I know but like, <laughs> twelve it, years. You know, so sometimes you 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 only get to see like bits and pieces of it, and you really like. Uh, I think the public a lot of times has no idea like what you do. Not not exactly what you do, but like how hospitals work. You know what I mean? They do not know how hospitals work, or don't work sometimes, like Mungo's. I mean, you know. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So, at least they've at least they've got a place for people who can't take care of themselves. I mean, yeah, at true. least the U.S. health system doesn't have that anymore. Even so, you're not. It's wrong. not all bad. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No wrong. I wonder, like, what they did. Like, did does it say like when Saint Mungo's like became Saint Mungo's? Who is Saint Mungo? Uh, does it have a date? It it does it was like back in the what was it like the 1400s 1600s? all i can think of is like oh uh, that is the dark ages all of it <laughs> all i can think of is like things they like maybe they didn't evolve with the times it's, it's so crazy when you when you and again i like to know about the horrific things that have happened in history so like when you hear about like what the practices they used to do um back in the day to like cure people like they would literally drill holes in people's heads and think that that would help them. Or like, you know, back in the day, they'd like bleed people out. So they're like, oh, we're going to get rid of the bad, whatever. You know what I mean? Like not, none of this was like scientifically proven. So like, it's crazy to think like how much they've come yet, how much they haven't, how much, how far they've come. Yeah. True. Yeah. Um, and then St. Mungo's. Oh, go ahead. St. Mungo's was founded by famous healer Mungo Bonham in the 1600s. 16s. So, I don't know what she did. She's literally all she's known for is being the founder. (laughs) So, she probably did some healing. Well, something I just thought of, too, might be, when did, when did the, was it in the Dark Ages that muggles and uh, wizards and witches kind of separated? I want to say yeah hold on at least least in um i want to say in the 1600s because at least um the in at least in america it's like kind of goes along with um 1692 and well and that's when isn't that when like the salem witch trials were going on um although the witch trials like a lot of witch trials happened a lot earlier in true europe been going on a long time Um, in america they started then and then they didn't um their like whole no conversing like muggles and um (sighs) witches and witches i don't know why i was struggling to find that word 
they were allowed to like basically integrate whatever in the 60s like 1960s like right around the time where like um segregation was no longer a thing you know in the 1960s Mm -hmm. are you talking about like relationships like marriage well i I think wasn't it i think it was interracial marriage yeah yeah interwizarding marriage yeah yeah Yeah. Because they weren't even allowed to, like, in America at least, they couldn't have any, like, co-mingling at all. Like, you weren't supposed okay. to talk to muggles. Mm-hmm. Um. Um, so on the lexicon, so they bring up the Salem Witch Trials, 1692-93. Very short when people, I think when people think about it, it's um, not as long as people think it is. But I would really like to, like, redo that episode. You know what's interesting, though? That we've the Ministry there. of Magic was founded after... Say Mongo's. Well, it says. Huh. And oh. after Hogwarts had that they matter. So. Okay. So the International Confederation of Wizards, they held a summit in 1692 where they worked out like the details and responsibilities for each country's like wizarding government under their new laws. They decided that each ministry of magic would be responsible for, you know, sports and stuff in their own countries. Sports. And yeah. So then they also talked about like magical beasts being hidden spirits, um, hidden from the muggles, yada, yada, yada. And then. So the statute resulted in the creation of the um, Ministry of Magic in Britain. Mm-hmm. And that's also the same year that the Magical Congress of the United States, Makuza, was I founded. I had that as a different year. I heard that it was created in 1693. Well, I have 92, according to the lexicon. Wow. Well, I guess we're going to have to look that Maybe up. Maybe it was on New Year's. <laughs> Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? So according to Fantastic Beasts, in 1750, Clause 73 was added to the statute, strengthening the requirement that each ministry would be responsible for the concealment of magical creatures within its territory or face sanction from the ICW. Um, According to the WizardingWorld.com, writings by, you know, the author, uh, Makuza was created in 1693. Well, lexicon following the uh, secrecy meeting, the secret meeting that no one was supposed to know about. So something I think is really interesting and it makes sense is that, um, okay, so it was uh, sports and magical beasts Mm -hmm. that made the statute of secrecy, right? Mm -hmm. Because those are the things that people would see the most is uh, apparently Quidditch was played so often and people were flying on brooms Mm -hmm. and there were these balls flying everywhere so they wanted to hide magic because everyone wanted to play sports out in the open apparently (laughs) um and magical beasts because they're you know magical beasties and they're really obvious um but it's interesting that um healthcare that saint mungo's would predate um some of these other things because magic and medicine are very linked historically right yes um and like magical treatments for maladies like the witch trials and things were actually oftentimes and i'm going a little deep and sweaty into like human history but a lot of the times it was women you know um mixing herbs Mm -hmm. in the forest 
that, you know, and, and birthing babies that were the people who were burned at stakes. Yeah. And so the link between magic and medicine are very closely intertwined. So if there were a magical world, which I like to believe there is, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> uh, it would be the, that they would make a St. Mungo's right away because they, you know, they would want that to be separate from muggles. Mm-hmm. You would think like that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Moving on to my last little point here, which is also a gigantic point. Um, (laughs) Talking about Ariana Dumbledore. So we know from talking with Aberforth in the Hogshead in seven, when Harry, Ron and Hermione um, come back to get the final Horcrux. Um, we hear a little bit about her because he kind of knows that Hermione's been reading Rita Skeeter, right? So he goes into a little quick blip. It says, when my sister was six years old, she was attacked, set upon by three muggle boys. They'd seen her doing magic, spying through the back garden hedge. She was a kid and she couldn't control it. No witch or wizard can at that age. What they saw scared them, I expect. They forced their way through the hedge, and when she couldn't show them the trick, they got a bit carried away trying Mm -hmm. to stop the, quote, little freak doing it. So they essentially attacked her. So they left her scarred and damaged, and as far as wizardingworld.com goes, quote, mentally unstable and afraid to perform magic. Her powers turned inwards, which was extremely dangerous, And Aberforth described her as mostly a sweet and scared and harmless girl. But when she was upset or angry, magic would explode out of her and she would become, quote, strange and dangerous. So this in turn kind of turns us to also think about Fantastic Beast Mm -hmm. and if Ariana is an obscurial. Right. So we see that, you know, we know Credence is one. And so the way that the author describes Ariana is kind of the same thing that we see happening with Credence. Mm -hmm. And obviously, Ariana has trauma that has been untreated because she was never allowed to go anywhere. And I highly doubt anybody came to the home to help them out. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, keep it hush, hush. We're handling this as a family. Yeah. Especially and, all that way back in time. And it took forever. <laughs> That's not a real weird. For sorry. <laughs> even like their neighbor, Bathilda Bagshot to kind of even get close to Kendra Dumbledore mm-hmm. to even like speak with her. And, um, Vanessa put in here that abused children often become aggressive in defense to real or perceived threats. And I can, for one, with my experience, um, being an early childhood educator and working with kids that have suffered trauma and continue to suffer trauma as I teach them, um, from their homes or, you know, what have you, you know, I do see that aggression and, you know, luckily I'm able to try and set them up with some help, but it's not, it's not like that in the wizarding world. Mm-hmm. And then those children, you know, 
grow with that. Well, I, I wonder too, because they don't have any help and they don't talk about it, they die. Like they said that like usually they don't last till their teenage years. Correct. Um, because the credence the, was old for, um, having an, for being an obscurial. Well, correct? and the thing with him is like, we don't know his whole journey either. You know what I mean? So, um, Who knows? it's just, it's an interesting mm-hmm. thing. Cause we don't see all of the trauma that Ariana went through, but we get to see at least a glimpse of the trauma that credence goes through being in that house. And like, they're literally hunting witches. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of, that trauma and then he's being used by Colin Firth's Farrell Colin Farrell's character whose name I can't remember I think that that's just proof of the trauma in general that goes along with um oh gosh what are they called I'm blanking like what obscurial obscure yeah an obscurial Mm -hmm. I was like "Eh." (laughs) (laughs) like the trauma involved in like a child even becoming an obscurus clearly like that is a whole other can of worms you know what i mean like yeah there are reasons why that happens and there's i would say probably a hundred percent of the time it's due due to some sort of abuse yeah mm-hmm. well, for sure because so they're so far suppressing of our knowledge that we know right? yeah 100 percent. i wonder if and this i mean it's related can you like if you are a kid or whatever, and you become an obscure, so you're showing signs of it. Can you like backtrack if you start I working think, on it? I think so. Does it like is there like Appeal. a point where like you can't return anymore? I would think. I'm just curious. I mean, you can you can with in in the real world in real in psychiatry. Mm, I true. mean, we. So I I work, um, and I can't go too into it because of confidentiality. But I work primarily with um, abused children. Um, children who have experienced trauma Mm -hmm. in the psychiatry field and the two main diagnoses all of my kids have is oppositional defiance Mm. disorder um dmdd so that's disruptive mood dysregulation disorder and um, intermittent explosive Mm. disorder and intermittent explosive disorder is basically this ariana Mm -hmm. in a nutshell yeah i mean it's it's that you are unable to regulate your moods Mm -hmm. because you've experienced such trauma that you know you explode yeah it's in the name yeah um ariana just has the the magical version of it yeah so you know we can work through these things with children um in you know the muggle world Mm -hmm. so you should be able to work through it in the magical world now if there were treatments i don't see any evidence of them unfortunately in the magical world and you know in the dark ages like i like to think of the harry potter world sometimes mat or um medicine wise um children that were that abused were not you know they didn't have therapies for them they didn't have medicines for them um so yeah back then they might not have had treatment but today we do yeah yeah and even through thinking like back then a lot of times if it was like a family matter like the family dealt with it and you didn't discuss you don't know if like say you were in a family that was abusive you know what Mm -hmm. i mean that wasn't talked about and families deal with how they deal with it and like because of the embarrassment that people think that they're going to face but you know guess what everybody's got their own stuff and a lot of the time we're dealing with similar things (laughs) Uh 
I think too, just the, I mean, the fact that an Obscurus can even exist shows that there's clearly no treatment. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, if there was treatment, a child should never even get to that point. And, and like, I guess, I mean, I understand that like sometimes there are families out there who just don't believe in therapy or don't believe in like getting help for these sorts of things. So like those children could, I guess, become an obscurus, but like, I just feel like we wouldn't even know of two in this, in the series if, if Uh there was something. And, and I, I can't see, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe I could see the Dumbledore family just kind of hiding Ariana away because that is literally what they did. But I don't know if they would have done that had there been an option. I feel like they did that because they felt there was no other option. But we also well, don't really know enough about the Dumbledore family beyond Dumbledore to like know for sure, like how Kendra would or she was would described have. We don't as know being her like enough. like we, haughty and you have to think like this is also in 1890 something right so what yeah. in the real world mm-hmm. did they have set up for people that were having issues true you know what i mean Very like true. right 30 years ago they didn't have a lot set up Good as much Lord. as they do now we're like leaps and bounds from 20 30 yeah. definitely 40 years i don't ago. i don't know in real time life what they had in my own view of the Dumbledores I feel like they had already been ridiculed enough with Dumbledore's father and his old whole thing being sent to Azkaban and whatnot for you know going after the muggles right and so I feel like they didn't want any more of that because Albus was on his way to making something of himself, and I feel like she didn't want to interfere with that at all. And I feel like more was put into Albus rather than Aberforth because of the way that he, like, talks about his brother, because, you know, the golden child, the the chosen one of the Dumbledore family, right? So I feel like this is one of those instances where it was probably like, nope, we're going to deal with this on our own, and... But like, I wonder if there were any, I don't, I I also don't think there were any options. I don't think there were any options. And I think that until like Dumbledore, okay, I can't say Dumbledore, Albus, I think for the most part until it was too late, was just worried about himself. You know what I mean? When he was a child. Yeah. Yeah. He literally, there was uh, the summer. It all happened where like she died and all of that. He was 17, 18 years old. You know, he just graduated from Hogwarts. So like, I get it. Um, Like what, like they probably were thinking like, what could we have done? What resources were out there? You're already, you're already stigmatized from the events that happened. And your sister is an ex hero. Like there's just a lot of things that were hindering life for the Dumbledores, you know? Yeah. It's just like, we're go ahead. I was just say like looking, like we just have high, you know, hindsight's 2020. So like Mm -hmm. looking back and I'm sure like this is because we've talked about this a ton with Dumbledore. Like that's probably one of his biggest regrets is like, he wished he could have gotten her help. But like at the time, what is help? Yeah. Right. Um, I also really like what Vanessa said about how, you know, we see that we can help children who have something similar um as Mm -hmm. she does 
And we see that actually in the first Fantastic Beast. Like, um, Credence is spiraling out of control. He's literally in like his obscurial cr- cloud. And um, Tina tries to talk to him. And mm-hmm. it's that could very well work. Like, he kind of mm-hmm. like chills down. He's ready to yeah. listen, maybe open up. Tina was almost like yes. giving him therapy. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, had he had the opportunity to yeah. continue with that, maybe he could get it under control. So maybe there is no point of no return because like look how far gone they showed Credence. Right. And Man, Tina was yeah. able to rein him in by talking to him. Right. Yeah. And then also like there were I think that I mean I would think that there at at least, you know, in Newt's time at this point there were clearly some sort of like experimental things going on because newt was able to remove an obscure an obscurus from a child now the child didn't live but he was able to do it and the fact that he was able to do it i would think means that with more research and practice that could be an actual treatment that they could do going forward well, and there's there's been a history of a lot of experimental um, treatments within mental health. Mm, yeah. um, something that I really love that I mentioned earlier is like the history of basically anything. But the history of psychiatry is interesting because they didn't really have any medicine to help until like antipsychotics, Thorazine in like the 60s. Um, And so before that, I mean, they tried everything from lobotomies Mm -hmm. um, to Mm -hmm. um, electro... Shock therapy. uh, Electroconsultive therapy. (laughs) Electroconsultive. I can't say that word. <laughs> ECT. ECT. <laughs> um, which we still use today, which actually does work. Um, it was very debilitating back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, I mean, we've got it. We still use ECT today. It actually does work. Did a Kennedy have a lobotomy? I think one of the, I think a daughter yeah. did. Yeah. Because um, I remember well, finding yeah. that out and I was like, I mean, that's what they thought was yeah. It's it's fascinating too like when you learn about <laughs> when you learn about your brain and like how your brain does such a good job with like the blood brain barrier like that a lot of the drugs like that like it would be easy to fix some of these solutions if you could get like dopamine or serotonin or these things like in your brain but you can't just take uh-huh. a pill cuz the blood brain barrier literally won't let it go through. Um so uh-huh. it's just fascinating when you learn stuff like that, you yeah. know, and how this is this, like this is the reason why it's just a chemical imbalance. You know what I mean? Um, Uh Pharmacology is fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Like when you, I say this cause I'm now in anatomy and physiology and all that stuff, but like when you really like sit down and learn, it's ridiculous what the body does. Uh How much it compensates, but then at the Uh same time, how one little tiny imbalance that we can, we don't even really understand can throw you off. I mean, most of mental health, and this is just in, in the real world is we don't know the cause. So like the definition of mental illness is literally just like the symptoms because we don't really know what causes most mental illnesses. We know there's some sort of imbalance. We're Mm -hmm. pretty sure they often have a link to our biology, but we don't really understand them. Yeah. 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 Well, and that's like why science is always evolving because you're always researching, you're doing new things, you're learning new things. But also like I was taught when you are learning anatomy and physiology, 
that's not a hundred percent of people. You know what I mean? There are people that they, they're all of their anatomy is switched in the body. Like, so not everybody has, it's all, you know what I mean? It's just, it's crazy. It's just crazy. There's some people born (laughs) with one kidney. There's some people born with three, you know? Yeah. So wild. Um, for those of you wondering, and I know you are, it was, um, Rosemary or Rose Kennedy. So she had, um, some seizures and violent mood swings. And so her father arranged for a prefrontal lobotomy in 1941. She was 23 and it left her incapacitated. Oh, Lord. yep. Oh, yep. Indeed. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I remember finding that out and I was like, I don't want to say it cause it's not appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> What say? Oh yeah, I've tried. I have tried to keep what I've said PG thirteen. I think I've done. You've done well. well. But <laughs> no, yeah, my podcast is not. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll tr- well, your your crossover episode will keep PG thirteen for the people. Yeah, on, coming over uh, your guests <laughs> listening. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Tis all Tiff. Tis all. All right, everyone. So. Because this is very lengthy, we're going to actually split this into three episodes. So this is going to be the end of part one, and then we're going to have a second part and a third. I I have a feeling it's going to be four parts, but who knows? <laughs> I can't see it in the future. We'll Remember when we thought it was going to be one? Yeah. I, I, I was like, <laughs> we need to split this up because it's a hefty topic. We um, there's a lot to, to say. Yeah. yeah, well, there's a lot to say, and we're all talkers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how? So, with that, we're gonna go right into the lightning bolt round for this episode. So we're gonna get that pulled up on the Discord. Megan, you may proceed. Hi. So it's me. Um, <laughs> She's still here. Literally. Sorry. Every week I struggle with trying to pull up these ding dang lightning bolts. And literally I failed so hard today. The so what lightning bolts? Ding dang. Ding dang. First, I first I actually like called them and and used the little lightning bolt symbol so so now my first attempt is saved as a lightning bolt question oh yeah. good uh, <laughs> i see yeah. it megan asks <laughs> lightning bolts <laughs> oh, i uh, okay anyway akio amelia asks if you could have any job like an archaeologist or whatever not based on income but happiness what would it be archaeologist exactly what i'm doing right <laughs> yeah. now or podcaster. I would do um, like something with travel. A travel. Like if I could, <laughs> if I could have a travel blog without writing it. <laughs> so like a travel Instagram. I'll write That's it. I would do. Can I travel with you? And then I'll type your thoughts. Maybe. I'll carry your backpack. <laughs> well, like, and I say Maybe. this because like I, and this is such a first world problem. I really, really am struggling with having not gone anywhere. Like I miss... <laughs> I miss not being in Ohio. You know, I, I would miss get, going. I, I would get on a plane if that lets you know how much I miss travel. I would willingly get on a plane. 
Well, and it's affecting mental health for people. I mean, for a lot of people, yeah. travel is that's their outlet. How they it's cope. it's been really it's been really hard. Honestly, I think a lot of what drove Katie and I to move as fast as we did was my like craving of travel. <laughs> I was like, well, if we can't travel to Florida, we're gonna move there. <laughs> I've spent so much money on home improvement projects because I'm just like sitting in my home looking around like, yeah. oh, well, I could put another shelf up there. We, I built so many things during quarantine. I painted most of the upstairs. There's still more to paint. Um, there's still more things to build. We like decided to get essentially like a home gym at my parents' house. So like it's just crazy. I'm like, gotta keep busy. Now I'm like, I have no time for anything. I'm like, I gotta do all of these things. And it's like trying to keep myself busy so I'm not focused on the fact that I am stuck in my house. Could be worse. It could be worse. (laughs) I think that I would also do, I would do, um, well, first and foremost, honestly, podcasting, content creating in general, like YouTube podcasts like that's my jam um and then if I could add like a layer on top of that it would totally be like a travel journalist but not through a vlog through or not not through a blog through a vlog I would want to vlog it I wouldn't want to blog about it I'd want to record it and like take people around on my travels on YouTube and stuff like kind of like the bucket list family can I just be the bucket list family like that'd be fantastic I just love them so much Um, you could be the Petrus Pale family. Oh, okay. Katie. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do? Petrus we Pale. can't take you anywhere. If I can make everybody in the room cringe, I did it. You're like the cutest thing on the planet, though. You're too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, okay, the next question comes from Gabby Claw. Do you think anything was being done to try and reverse the obliviate on Lockhart, or do you think they just kept him there to keep him out of harm's way? Um, well, I think they tried. They something. made like a comment about like that he has made some progress. Yeah, but like I wonder, yeah. like, uh, what are they trying? Um, I would, I wouldn't be shocked that the progress would be slow, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm no, I'm no expert, so. Well, and why would they even have, I mean, it's almost like counterintuitive because Obliviate is supposed to delete memory, right? There's not like a a reverse spell. It would defeat the purpose of the spell if there was a way Yeah, I feel like they should at least try to set him up to, and I don't know, like how this is affecting him making new memories and stuff. Cause we t- kind of talked about this in the, the episode that comes out after we or the one that we recorded, but, um, like how, past, how does it affect episode. him? Correct. How does it <laughs> affect him? Like making new memories and like, so now he like, before he couldn't, when he was Ron and, and Terry didn't even know his own name, but now he at least like responds to it and he wants to write so you can do all of those things. But like, right. I feel like they should be able, I don't know, should be able to, um, make it so he could be successful not staying in the hospital and being able to like go and like live a quote somewhat normal life but like have basic life skills again but I, I don't know he's been there for two and a half years so yeah it's been a minute oh. that's just my opinion um, all right. <laughs> and that's Next all question? I have to say about that <laughs> yeah Carolyn asks um 
this is personal, so feel free not to answer if you don't want to. But do you have um, a real life Bogart that you have been able to banish and what helped you do it? Does Ooh, anybody I got it. have an answer to that? Uh, I got it. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Um, does like being stuck in your shell and coming out of it because of switch and flick count? I think sure. so. I can yes. say yes. Totes my so. goats, that counts. Look at yeah. that little blossom. Blossom, baby. <laughs> um, I feel like I haven't completely banished my bog art because I still kind of grapple with it sometimes. But um, my uh, and I didn't have anxiety. I think I had a normal relative term uh, level of anxiety before I had Lady Supreme. And then after, you know, I, I did have some postpartum. It wasn't severe as a severe, you know, I know some people can, can really grapple with it, but, um, you know, I stayed at home for months and months and, you know, didn't want to go out space things still get to me noise levels get to me like if if i feel like something's too loud i think a lot of that has to do with stay quiet because the baby's sleeping Mm. and so i do find myself like telling people to be quiet more often i found myself telling my students to be quiet more often Um, my physical space around me still gets me sometimes. So I still grapple with it, the noise level and the, the, the space, my space around me. Like, I think I said this on the pod before, literally when I came home from the hospital, my, my mother and sister were there and I think my mother-in-law was there. And so it was my husband and then new baby and dog. And then poor Matt, (laughs) my brother-in-law showed up with dinner for us Mm. and I flipped because there were too many people and my house is small and it set me over the edge and I will never forget that feeling because that's when I was like, oh, that's new. (laughs) Yeah, it sucks, doesn't it? It really (laughs) sucks. Uh. And, And I still deal with that now. Um... I talk about it a lot with Marty. I think I've talked to you about it before mm-hmm. too. Yeah. We talk about our anxiety all the time. My Yeah. Uh, and I was literally just saying is, this morning. My whole family's anxious like all the time. Well, I was telling Marty this morning. <laughs> I was like, "Do you ever get anxiety where you like you play something out in your head how something's going to go and mm-hmm. then it runs like a flipping train mm-hmm. and it's like the worst case scenario and you're like flying down this hill on these things that have, they never have happened and they're yeah. pretty much unlikely to ever happen yeah. and you go with it there was an event that took place yesterday that had my mind going it was a horrific tragedy and I was like I was like, yeah, I'm experiencing some of that. Literally said this morning. He goes, yeah, don't do that. And I go, that's literally not what you say to someone who's going through that. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah. you just don't be goes, sad. No, just don't know. be anxious. He's like, right? I know what you mean. He's like, I'm sorry. And it's like, yeah. yeah. So sometimes my brain does that, which is all sorts of funs and yeah. giggles. Sorry, I talked a really long time about that. But I feel like that's something that a lot of people go through. Let's yeah. talk about it. Yeah. Well, and that's the yeah. thing. Like, I... My my biggest thing is like I don't I didn't recognize that I had anxiety until I was like out of high school and I've had it probably since 
I think I remember like really going into high school and everything changed like with that. But like, again, I come from a family of like, honestly, like my mother gets anxious every Sunday. She hates Sundays. Like she's like, I don't know what it is. Like my dad's anxious. My siblings are anxious. Like, and, and sometimes like, I just am better at grab, like dealing with it than other days. And like some seasons are better. Like it just depends on, so um, have I defeated it? No, I think I'm going to have anxiety for the rest of my life. But um, I can at least I recognize it now or like before I was like, I don't know why I'm feeling all of these things. And then like, I think the Internet was like, oh, hey, this is anxiety. And then really with like <laughs> being on it more and like with other people like Swisher support and like the group and people are like, oh, I do that, too. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm not like the only weirdo like other people like Tiffany saying has like the thing where. You have one thought and it races through like, this is exactly how this situation is going to go. And um, my biggest thing is like walking into situations where like, if I don't know what it's going to be like, and I think that like a lot of times it's like a family function. Like if I don't know who's going to be there, what's going to happen? How are they going to react to me? Because it all depends Mm. on how they're doing that day. Um, Am I doing this, this and this? And like that gives me anxiety. And a lot of times I used to like self-medicate. Like I would like have a glass of wine or two before going to like say a family function. Mm. Um, And then I recognize like, it's oh, really hey. terrible. Yeah, let's not <laughs> you do this. You shouldn't do that. Um, yeah, no, I feel you. I mean, truthfully, uh, that's one of the reasons why I, uh, I mean, I know I had a glass of wine tonight, but um, if I'm having a bad day, I will not, yeah. I will well, not drink. Like I will not eat so, like, something that's horrible for you yeah. because that's going to trip me into yeah. a habit that I really don't want to create. Like if I drink too much coffee and if I have had like too much wine, so like I'll yeah. take coffee breaks. I take alcohol breaks. Like I like sober I, September, I, baby. I love, I love an alliteration. So like I took the month of September off. So I'm calling it a sober September. Cause like I need those breaks where like I'm not doing anything or like I'll take a couple of weeks off coffee if I'm like I haven't really been sleeping because that brings me anxiety. Um, well, we and like have... I've taken myself out of situations like I if I'm already anxious and like say there's like a family function and especially now with like COVID nothing's happening. But I'm not going to put myself in a situation that's just going to bring me anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's hard for other people in my life to like accept that. But um, oh. not to say I don't care, but I don't. It's so. OK to say no. Yeah, it's OK to say no. And boundaries. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's something my family struggles with. So, <laughs> yeah, um, <gasps> I'd say like my for me, my bog art is probably feeling trapped. Mm-hmm. Um, feeling like in a rut. Um, I had like a very kind of controlling childhood and a lot of like, I don't know, I just felt very like trapped in my circumstances. And so I spent basically my entire adulthood uh, running from place to place to place, different majors, different colleges. I mean, requesting transcripts for me is a freaking nightmare because I've been to so many schools. I understand that. All over the world. (laughs) Um, I kind of been a lot too. What's that? I said, I've kind of been to a lot of uh, colleges and universities as well. When I think about it, I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> I think I have four, five. I don't know. Four. It's like 12. Four universities for me. For me. Oh, geez. I mean, it doesn't help that I have a previous bachelor's, master's, and then a nursing degree. And I'm thinking about another master's in nursing. So <laughs> what they say about <laughs> people in education, they're like, do you really hate yourself that much that you have to go back to school again and again? It's like, yeah, actually, <laughs> I do. <laughs> I my mom, because I have to go back. Obviously, like, I'm, I'm going for my RN. Then I'll have to go for my BSN. And then I said to her, I'm like, if I'm anything like the rest of you fools, I'm like, I'll be going for more. Why so stop like, there? Never going to be ending. <laughs> 
And then she just laughs at me. <laughs> I think I'll I'll finish. I have part of a master started. I'll finish it later. I think I'm like due credits away, which is ridiculous, but it is what it is. Back to you. <laughs> uh, no, no. I mean, it's totally on topic because like that was my biggest fear was just being trapped. And so I just I did everything. Um, but then like about 10 years ago, I decided I was done with that and I figured out how to stay in one place. And um, I mean, speaking on ridiculous specifically, mm-hmm. like I like to make fun of, you know, my issues. I think that's what we all like to do. Um But I feel like, I mean, I've lived in the same place for like eight years now. I'm married, which is a commitment (laughs) um, that I was previously terrified of. Mm. I have two children. Um, I've been at the same job for a while. So like, I call it a win. I've learned, I've learned, I've learned how to commit. Good for (laughs) you. I'm proud of you. I think um, I have two examples, I guess. I have one that. I haven't really figured out how to overcome and then one that I did. So um, one that I struggle with a lot is thinking that I'm a closer friend to someone than they view me. I've always like, I don't know what it is. Like I've always struggled with that where like, I feel like I like when I have a friend, like I tend to love pretty hard, I guess. I don't really know how else to explain it. But like when and and I think it's because I am an only child. So because anytime I like would have a friend that I would consider my best friend, I really like grasped onto them. And like I never wanted to let them go because I was like, you're my best friend. You're who I want to hang out with all the time, like sleep over my house, come over as often as you want. Like I've always been that type of um kid my mom always said that to me she's like you like get obsessed with people and I'm like <laughs> it's not <laughs> like it's not bad it's just that like the Mariah when- Carey song was written about Megan <laughs> <laughs> but, then, like, but, I, but I almost I feel like you. that has kind of like then stemmed into something else where it's like I feel like I have like these people that I consider like really good friends and then like my anxiety gets to me and I'm like do I think that I'm a closer friend than than they think that I am and like then I just like double am I annoying am I gonna ruin things yeah am Mm. I annoying am I being too pushy am I coming on too hard am I um am I asking to do things too often am I texting them too much am I sharing too much with them like I think those things all the time you can text me anytime. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, I, like sometimes, I, I don't know, like sometimes I'll actually like catch myself and I'll be like, should I send this text message? Is this too much? Have I sent too many in like the past week? Like those types of things where I'll just like, I'll like be ready to send a text and then I'll just like delete it and I'll be like, no, I, I'm like. I'm being too extra or something like I just you know I don't know or like I'll like invite them to do things or I'll like give them a gift and I'll be like it was that too much like should I not have given them a gift are we not on that level yet like what's going on like that sort of thing Um, it's just something that that I've never really like I guess learned how to deal with I don't so I don't um I don't know how to banish that bogart it's just anxiety and that's my form of it um kind of like everybody else has said but um one that I did so one of my biggest bog arts for like probably the past 
three years was um, my job. I like just everything about that job just gave me anxiety. I hated going into work. Um, there were times where I would just like cry about going into work. And and I I guess this is another form of anxiety. But like I feel like I feel like I hop jobs too much um, because I feel like I do this pattern where like I find a job, I think I really like it. And then I'm there for a couple of years and all of a sudden, like everything feels wrong with it. And I'm like, is this is this my form of like, I don't know how to commit to jobs? Like, do I get scared because I've been there too long? And then do like I manipulate things in my head and tell myself that like all of these things are wrong when in reality they're not? Um, go ahead, Vanessa. Sorry. I was just going to say, I'm no, I don't think it's in your head because <laughs> first off, and this is my spiel about unions, but like back in the day, people used to like retire at the same job mm-hmm. they'd worked at for mm-hmm. like 30 years, right? But that's because jobs back in the day gave like pensions and they had like proper HR unions what? and they had like, you know, uh, or <laughs> HRs and they had like a proper process for like problems that you have in your company. But yeah. now it's such like a, like a, what is it, the word I'm looking for? Like, um, like the company you work for can just do anything to you. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, a job that might've felt great doesn't feel so great anymore. Cause they're treating you like crap. Yeah. Yeah. And I do, Something that we've talked about this as friends. And when we, we we were talking about how our parents like perceive like the things that we're doing, our generation is different than their generation. One for the reasons that you said, Vanessa, and two, because our generation is realizing that life is also about being happy and doing things that make you happy. So just because a choice may not necessarily be like the safe or the smart choice, I'm doing air quotes. You can't see me. You're listening to a podcast. (laughs) Um, Doesn't necessarily mean that it's not the right choice for that person. You know, theoretically um, I'll take me for example, me leaving a university and living at my parents' house for free Moving to Cleveland for a guy I had not even been dating for a year was probably not the best hey, thing to do. Right. You got but me. Guess what? I got me a salsa and I got me a Martinius Omelie, and I'm married. <laughs> and then we have a Lady Supreme, and it worked out. And you know, you just do. You got to do what makes you happy. So Megan, um, and you met me and Katie. Well, I, I mean, mean, yeah. And then I, we're no, I met you we're and Katie. No salsa and you and eventually Martinius. made me met me. So you know, win win. <laughs> I will say this about like the whole job thing, like, and how back in the day when it looked good that you had worked at a place for so long Mm -hmm. and my mom does, she's very good at like updating people's resumes and she's in a position where she's like, she interviews a lot of people and also lets people, um, to be wants them to be successful somewhere else or invites them. That's how she said it. She invites people to be successful. It's my favorite way for her to fire. So she's like a lot of times now like it it looks good that you've done a couple of different things because it looks like you've adapted and like she always says like stay somewhere she's like at least a year you've done it for a year whatever else blah 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 um and we're like yes i've worked in a hospital for 11 years but like i've also worked in two totally different places in that 11 years that are literally completely different um so you just got to do you and who cares what people think? 
Uh, that's what matters. I mean, I agree. <laughs> you, booskies. Yeah, and, and I guess just like the point of that conversation is that like, um, for me, 20, 2020 has been so bizarre in so many ways and has affected people so differently on so many different levels. And I feel grateful in the way that it affected me because it did kind of help me banish banish my bogart that was my last job like i didn't realize how much my job was affecting me emotionally and mentally and um when covid hit and people started quarantining my job wasn't going to allow anybody to work from home um because they didn't believe in the pandemic so I had to like go through to HR and basically demand that I work from home um, because I have asthma and my wife has asthma and I was worried. And um, so I finally got them to agree to let me work from home, but it was on a week by week basis. However, once I started working from home, I realized how much just being there affected me because I was so much better being at home even though I was still in that work environment and I was still having to communicate with those people daily being at home made it bearable it didn't make it perfect but it made it bearable so then whenever um they told me four weeks later that I had to come back even though mm. nothing with the pandemic had changed literally nothing um I had a full-blown panic attack. Like, I don't know if I've ever had a panic attack at the level that I had a panic attack in April when I was emailed to come back to work. Yeah, it was no good. I immediately started shaking. I started crying. Like, couldn't even get words out to Katie about, like, how I was feeling. And then it just hit me. I was like, this isn't worth it. That, like this this is not mm -hmm. worth how I'm feeling um I like feel emotional talking about it because like it affected me right. so much like well, I you overcame it dude. I yes and and just the fact that like I think that what that proved to me and like what helped me with it is taking a step back from a situation I kind of forced my job to allow me to step back and work at home um and because of that it made me realize that that was not um the place for me and absolutely wasn't no and, and i just think that sometimes people feel stuck in their situations mm -hmm. and um i know it's really hard with a job because especially in america so much relies on having a job mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. you don't have health care if you don't have a job you don't have yeah. a 401k if you don't have a job you don't have life insurance if you don't have a job like all of these things depend on your employment and it's really really difficult to force yourself to say i need to take a step back from this regardless of the consequences am i happy now yes do I have health insurance? No. But guess what? It's worth it's worth that because my mental health even without like even without having um health insurance and access to be able to pay for a therapist or be able to go to the doctor if I'm not feeling well. Um 
at the end of the day, it's more worth it to spend the extra cash if I super need to and be happy right now than to have stayed in a position where I literally felt crushed on a daily basis when I didn't even realize I was feeling crushed until I took that moment of self-help and self-realization and said, you're stepping away from this. So, and I will say that, um, once that was done, you had like a mood shift. Yeah. Like it was, it, it was so noticeable and you guys are, dare I say thriving (laughs) down in Florida. No, but honestly, like literally changed my life. And like, I feel grateful that I can say that it changed my life in a positive way. Cause there are so many instances where it changed people's lives in a negative way. And it makes me feel bad for saying that, but also like, I have to realize as well that it's okay that it changed my life in a positive way. And if that's the outcome of COVID for me, then it's okay to like take that from it, you know? Yeah. No, I think you're doing pretty well. Preach. (laughs) (laughs) That was my soapbox for the episode. Took a while to get there. Um, but yeah, uh, honestly, like self care is so important and it's not easy to get there. No, it's it's really hard sometimes to sit down and say, I need to do this for me and I don't need to have an explanation for why I'm doing it. I just personally know that I need to do it. Um, And that's okay. I'm proud of all of you. Yeah. I love all of you. I love all of you. Okay. Love me. No, Can I we also move on? love we all have of you. Three more questions. And then we're done. Okay, yeah, three more. What a question! Okay. Forgot what we were. We were in the lightning bowl round with that one. <laughs> There's like five of us answering. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, Maui Potter asks. This is a fun one. If you could go anywhere in the world, where would it be? Except Hogwarts, because that's <sighs> an obvious for some people. Um. I would go to Ireland and the UK. And if I'm allowed to travel in 2021, my tush will be there. Same, same, maybe, same, same. Maybe Italy same. or maybe like, I don't know. I'd love to go to Paris Somewhere again. Somewhere with a beach. I just want to sit down in the sand. I'd also love to go to Salem again. Mm. Not mm-hmm. cold and rainy. I'll take cold, but... Well, you know Japan. what? Honestly, even if it was raining, I would just come more prepared. I would rather it not rain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to cry I in mean, the pizza shop again with you. You didn't cry in the pizza shop. I cried in the pizza shop. We both cried. I cried because I was laughing so hard. Okay, that's totally different. Still tears. Meh. You know, Sarah, actually, um, my husband, I asked my husband that question last year. I asked him, you can, because we travel a lot. And I said, in 2020, this is before COVID, where do you want to go? And he's like, Boston. And I was like, anywhere in the world, (laughs) not the U.S., the world. And he's like, Boston. I was like, Boston? He's like, Boston. And I was like, okay, well, I get to go to Salem, so that's okay. Um, But he's really into Fallout. A video game. Yeah. Apparently it's in Boston. Anyway. Hey, live your dream, man. Live your dream. Yeah. Live your Bostonian dreams. Yeah. yeah. It really so is funny. super cool there though. I'd I, also like I to go really, to Toronto. To Toronto? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I like Toronto. I too. I want to go to Toronto and see all of the filming locations for my favorite show, Shoots Creek. You guys knew I had to mention it sometime. I had to talk about <laughs> it on this episode at some point. Uh, yeah, but no, but honestly, I I don't. I've been watching a lot of the Bucket List family, and their uh, zero fear of the ocean has me so jealous because I'm literally terrified. But I think that if I were to find a place where like the water was so clear and beautiful, I might not be as scared. So I really think that I want to go. <laughs> I want to go someplace with super clear water. Um, I don't know if that's true. You, you might just, it's all about perception. Uh, you might, one person's still ocean might be another person's like frothing ocean. I just like, their, their <laughs> kids are so fearless of the ocean and like swimming with all of this wildlife. And I'm just like, why can't I be like Dorothy? I want to be like Dorothy. I want to be able to jump into the middle of open water and swim with a humpback whale. How old like, is Dorothy? Oh, well, I wouldn't do that. How old is Dorothy? Dorothy She's like three. is like seven. Yeah, that's because kids don't understand. Yeah. I think about that with kids. Do it with Hello there. Kids are fearless, oh, Sorry, man. Discord's hilarious. But, but <laughs> even Garrett and Jess are just like them. I just, I just want, I want them to teach me how to go in the ocean so that I can feel safe. Maybe you that's what I to push you into the ocean? No, that I need to brave? decide myself. <laughs> Tiffany and I went into the ocean together once. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the only ones. My dad went snorkeling. Snorkeling. I was going to say scuba diving, which is incorrect. That was some of the best sauce I ever had in my life. Girl, that guac. Mm. I have uh, another story to take over your podcast with. But I, so I've been to the Philippines because my mom's Filipino and they have a house there. And I brought my husband. It was the first time he had ever been out of the country, was to the Philippines. And we went and swam with whale sharks. Oh, geez. Ooh. And mm. I, I grew up near the ocean. So I'm fearless when it comes to water. Um, my husband is like a desert rat. He, he's like, he's from Arizona and he's lived his whole life in Las Vegas. So he thought he could swim because he's been in a pool before. Um, but even though this water was like crystal clear, uh, he nearly drowned and oh he gosh. accidentally kicked the whale shark <gasps> because he was trying to swim and he was like drowning. Oh no. <laughs> that would be so me had to rescue him. I'm not yeah. I'm not a strong swimmer at all. Like I almost drowned in Lake Erie. I have almost drowned um, in Mohican, which is like a place in Ohio, again, the river. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I don't swim well. Stories with Sasa. (laughs) See, this is why I don't go in the water. No. I mean, (laughs) you'll see me again. The perfect waters in like the Bahamas. Did you just hear the story? And where are life vest? My husband said no to the life vest. Say yes oh, to the I, life vest. I would have worn vest. a life vest. Oh, okay. No okay. shame. <laughs> life vest. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like the bucket list family doesn't use life vests. I will say, uh, when we went well, to Aruba, <laughs> when we went to Aruba for my friends, like kind of, it was like a girl's trip, but like also sort of celebrating like her getting married to so kind of a bachelorette thing. I booked a trip for all of us to go on like this pirate ship and you could jump off the side. And so it was like a huge group of people because it, it's not like I have the kind of money to rent out a whole boat for everybody. Um, and we had so much fun. Huh? A boat's a boat. 
but a mystery box could be anything. It's true. It could even be a boat. <laughs> you know how much we've always wanted one of those. Well, like they all were jumping off the side of the boat and I didn't do it. And like, I, I have regrets. I wish I had jumped off the side of the boat. Okay. We had such a good time. She has regrets. I do. It was beautiful. Talk about crystal clear water. I was only in it once because there were fish. And I just didn't like going to the beach with the people we were with. Cool. Yeah. What's um, the next question? Do we have any more? Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. Oh, wait. Katie. I'd like to go to yes. the UK. Okay. I'm oh, sorry. Thank you. Didn't you. Answer. That's the question we were on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to go to like a high this tea. This is a multi-parter. Oh, have like a proper tea. I want a cucumber and cream cheese oh. sandwich. I'll mm. make you that. Come over. I got schwabels. Okay, yum, yum. <laughs> <laughs> I'll um, be there. Nom, nom. Um, oh, no, I didn't copy who asked this, but somebody asked Vanessa, what is your favorite thing about the Wizarding World? Ooh. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Um... That's a hard question. Um, magic. <laughs> can I, <laughs> Very can good I answer, answer that? Absolutely. <laughs> is that, I think is so. that too much? Um, magic. I mean, I love how much it can do. I love the imagination that's inherent in it because you can do so much with it. I love the entire universe they created. I love the housing system. Um, I love so much about the Harry Potter universe, but probably magic is my favorite part because you can that. do so much with it. I love that. I love that as well. Um, Essentially, you're saying that you love the essence of the Wizarding uh, World. Yeah. Uh, I, do. Hey. I, I do. Why did I not copy paste who asked this? Because you don't know how um, lightning bolts work. I'm and sorry. Okay, do this, I. Is the last, this is the last <laughs> one. Um, you guys mentioned divination earlier, and I was thinking in the muggle world, mm. crystals are considered to have some healing properties with mental issues, anxiety, depression, etc. Mm. Do you think mm. crystals are seen as a weird thing in the wizarding world or as another form of healing? Oh. I'd I say weird. Like I think it's weird. They because, probably think it's weird. Because of the way that um, people were getting things in chamber. Mm. Um, yes. And divination is considered very weird. Yeah, yeah. I think I think a there's a lot of people think it's a joke. Now in real time life think that crystals are weird or like that's hokey, like it's not gonna yeah. be a real thing. But I also think like there's the whole e- placebo effect. So if you think it's gonna like you know what I mean, you yeah. you're putting out like I literally bought a rose court ring so I can like let me get my love life. Like I, you know, want whatever it's supposed to like you want to open your heart vibe. up to like not only like loving like another person but like self-love um which i know people in my own life would be like well that's weird but at the same time i'm like i don't care what you think but also like if you believe in it enough you can like make it happen there's something that's called like put it out into the world it's going to come back to you or something mm-hmm. i love it um, I have a friend who has MS and she swears by the use of crystals. Dude, that's awful. She she does it all the time. And her wedding ring is um actually instead of like a diamond or anything, it's like a like a natural crystal that she uses with whenever she like takes her time to like lay the crystals out and everything. I, I've never used them, so I don't like no proper. You're supposed to charge them. So I didn't know yeah. that. So you're supposed to charge them, and you can either do it. So like, I think one way you can do it is, and I would also. It depends. Like, so mine is. I have a rose court ring. So like, I um, depending on like what 
if it's like something set in set in something google before you do anything because like i put mine in sea salt water to charge it um and like it could also like i think if you did that like say there were diamonds in it or something like that could ruin the diamond so just google it or you could i guess put it out and i don't know if it has to be outside or just like in the moonlight on a full moon to help charge it because like it makes this is gonna sound crazy to some people but it makes sense to me that like if if it's like attracting all of that you just kind of want to cleanse it out and like recharge it um so you got to do that like monthly or whatever to like kind of dude i'm super into that and it it makes sense in my brain like i had a friend that we were talking about um tarot cards and she's like well like you gotta kind of you want them to like be a little bit used and i was like no i totally get what you're saying like you want to get a card like a set of cards that like speaks to you basically like i get it yeah i didn't know that there were multiple decks yeah yeah Yeah, someone mentioned that to me um i have a couple of things to add to that uh there's a whole episode of don't call me crazy the podcast about crystals uh go listen (laughs) (laughs) and then second are we talking crystals like the muggle idea or are we talking crystals like a potions ingredient because like I bet they're used. I bet you they are magic. used. I bet they are. Ooh, and I bet you, like, if you do use a crystal, like, if there's there's different properties or different things happen, if like it's like quote fully charged or like like someone mm-hmm. in the Discord chat said, like you could also charge them in sunlight. So like, I wonder if like a stone has different properties depending on like moonstone. It's, it's been well, like if it's uh-huh. been out in the sun all day and that's how it was charged or charged in the moonlight or vice versa interesting so this is where my brain goes so moonstone was what people on the internet highway said that's how you get because that's um, used in the fable <laughs> it is it is indeed i love you so no. much it hurts <laughs> um, legit moonstones are awesome i got mag one once um so that's for uh used in the draft the draft excuse me the draft of peace so it's used for relieving anxiety. Oh my god! Mm, I love that. I love full that. circle. All righty, Rue. That's all I got. All right. Before um, we end, oh, are we gonna do the whole spiel? I don't. I just want to talk about gonna, the butterberry made. That's all. Oh, I was just gonna do the social media spiel. That's real fine. We don't have a joke. Yeah. Oh, you do. Yeah. Oh, oh do it. Go don't ahead. Cry. What's your joke? Don't. What do Katie's I say, Lana? Jokes. We're not gonna whine. Just tell me with your words. <laughs> it's not even gonna be worth it. Okay. Um, this is appropriate for this episode, actually. Which house throws the best parties? Ravenclaw. Yeah, Ravenclaw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have. Oh, I have God. something to ask. What comes before Part B? Part A. Part A. oh my gosh all right if you guys want to follow us on social media we're on facebook at swish and flick podcast and also on twitter and instagram at swish flick cast make sure if you're on facebook that you join our discussion group which is swish and flick podcast group um if you are interested in supporting our podcast you can find us on patreon at patreon.com forward slash swish flick cast i actually updated all of the patreon tiers a little early so you guys can see what's coming at what levels and all of the new things that we're supposed to be starting in october um they are live on patreon now so um 
thank you to all of our current patrons. Like we couldn't do this without you. So thank you so much. True story. Um, wait, you raised your hand. That usually means that you speak now. Yeah. Thank you. Um, (laughs) I wanted to say thank you to Vanessa, obviously. And I want her to go ahead and plug her podcast. Yes. Hello. Hello. Um, so you can find me on Instagram. That's my main hub at don't call me crazy. The podcast, one giant word. (laughs) Um, or you can find me, I know it's, it's a mouthful. Um, or you can find me at, um, what, wherever you find podcasts. Um, I believe I'm on all platforms at don't call me crazy. The podcast. Um, I've also got, uh, on Instagram, I've got like a link tree. So so that if you have trouble finding it on whatever platform you're on, you can go to that link tree and click on the link. And there I am. Um, my email, if you want to email me anything, is don't call me crazy dot the podcast at gmail.com. Um, I'm also always in the market for guests. So if any of the listeners want to talk with me about mental health and want to share their story i'm here to uh talk with you that's awesome i love that what a great invite i enjoy awesome all right i think we're just gonna kind of wrap this up but sasa has news what did we do yesterday we did it well, I, it's really what did I do? So we—that's rude. Well, I'm talking about just the <laughs> topping. Yes, we, you helped me with the rest. Stirred the butterscotch yes, that went into did, the topping. You did, and I told you me. go ahead and add a little more. <laughs> <laughs> so Sorry. eventually, these vlogs will be out. But we made it's almost done. The cold butter beer. Done. Well, I'm currently uploading two weeks the other ago. one as well. <laughs> Um, and there were some things I wanted to tweak on it. Like the main, the whip topping was the main one and we were going to do frozen. So that's what we did yesterday. We made frozen butter beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're also going to tweak things with the frozen butter beer, frozen part of it. But when I tell you, mm. when I tell you that topping was the topping that you get when you were at the wizarding world in Orlando, or Correct I'm sure code. it's exactly the same as the other wizarding worlds around. Oh my Atlanta biscuits and gravy it was so good so good it was so it was spot so on good. it was spot on and like Matt, I'm not kidding was you like, guys it's not thick enough I go you've never seen it I'm like this is exactly what it looks like um but Who I didn't that? measure anything except for the whip, heavy whipping cream <laughs> mm. so we did more fluff same amount of heavy whipping heavy whipping cream and a secret ingredient we put in butterscotch which is what this original recipe called for and then some um butter flavor a little extra like artificial butter flavor and whipped it longer it was so good it was so good like i was there yeah it was great yeah we're gonna try um hot butter beer next but man i want to try frozen again yeah like, we could try that. We got. I want to. I just want to drink hot. frozen butterbeer. Make got, the hot and perfect need, it. We need to make it whenever we're up in Ohio in a few weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Please. Yes. <laughs> Can do. We'll see what happens. Can it was really do. good. I very. I was pleased with myself. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Vanessa, once again, thank you. Obviously, this is not our last conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, because this is, I mean, I love Harry Potter. 
and I love talking about mental health. So this is kind of like, it's the dream team. (laughs) (laughs) Match made in heaven for sure. So this is part one of, I don't know how many parts because I don't want to say and have something be (laughs) definitive and then have to re-record things. Yes, Kate. Ravenclaw won the house cup this episode. We should. There's two Ravenclaws here. Yeah, you're cheaters. Because well, we're so, the cool Exactly. House. And all of the, cool, all the cool kids <laughs> in the chat, they know what's up. Sure they do. Kaka. They cheated. Kaka. <laughs> cheaters. Yeah. So, like I said, part one of a mini-parter. I don't know how much it's going to actually be, because who knows what's going to happen next time we record, and it's a thousand hours. But um, just know that you're going to get some detailed quality content coming your way. All right. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And don't let the muggles get you down. <gasps> Amazing. Just my voice. <laughs> Life uh, uh, finds a way. <laughs> you're welcome. This is my first time using Discord. Let's see. Can you pat yourself on the back, honey? There you go. I do that when I have to burp myself. (laughs) (laughs) Burp myself. I burp myself. She's a super baby. Discord, we do have a special guest today. Yes. You've been guessing. And guessing. And, and you're all wrong. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you never would have guessed. I... <laughs> okay. St. Mongo's, St. Mongo's, for my dudes and my ladies. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.